Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Stronger, Healthier, and Happier, the official podcast of Hill Family Chiropractic. I'm Michael, your host and the office manager here at Hill Family Chiropractic, and with me is founder, CEO, chiropractor, Dr. Jared Hill. Hello, hello. And we are here for episode 12 today. Wow. Can you believe it? Great. This is number 12. We've done a, this is a dozen of these under the belt. I feel like we're getting the hang of it. Yeah, it's been uh, been fun. I really like the, some of the questions and yeah. the feedback, and I'm just glad that uh, some people are getting some out of it. Yeah, me too. It's fun to watch uh, the numbers kind of go up as people are getting more aware, patient, current patients commenting on our Facebook videos or that sort of thing, saying that they are ex- you know excited to learn more as we continue. And so, uh, yeah, it's been pretty cool. But uh, this is an episode all about the questions we've been getting. Uh, so, and, and just kind of questions we get all the time. Some of these are just frequently asked questions that we get all the time from patients and, and people that we know, people that find out you're a chiropractor probably and just ask you the random questions right. you get all the time. And We uh, won't answer some of those. Some of those. <laughs> <laughs> at least we'll, we'll answer them diplomatically at least. Uh, hey, is it bad that I do this? You know, that sort of stuff. But uh, I, I wanted to start with a quick question, just kind of 12 episodes in. Yep. My first question for you is what what have you enjoyed most about kind of going through these 11 episodes that are kind of the better results faster class but in this format as a conversational more than presenting it at a public speaking kind of opportunity. What'd you like about that? Yeah. Well, you're super fun, so I like spending time with you. <laughs> That's nice. But, uh, you're that, just saying yeah. that cuz it's almost Christmas. Oh, maybe maybe not. <laughs> but uh, uh but really uh on top of that is I enjoy um, it gives me satisfaction if people have better understanding of how the body works. Yeah. And uh, my heart is I just want people to see them get well and stay well. And so knowledge is a key part of that. And not that I know um, far from knowing everything, but there's some things over the years that we have learned that we've been able to help a lot of people with. And so anytime I get a chance to uh, share that and people learn that, it's it's very satisfying to me. And um, this format um, versus workshops and things like that gives, uh, I, I like it because it gives people access to tune in um, even after it's done or complete. Yeah. So um, so if some people didn't make it to the workshop and they're like, oh man, I sure wish they would have yeah. been there. They, they've been asking me questions that we covered tonight, you know, yeah. versus, hey, go to the podcast and listen right. to it. Right. So That's great. It's, been, it's been good. Yeah, that is good. I like the, I like how it gives us opportunity to dig a little deeper. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're spending, you know, probably 20 minutes of conversation on something you may only hit for two or three minutes in the actual workshop. Right? right. True. Yeah. So whether it be explaining how our scans and everything work and the different tests we do in the office or testimonies from different patients and that sort of thing, or even just like explaining the benefits of doing your home exercises, all of that stuff is just a little section of the overall one hour talk you do. But we've spent over 11 episodes, we've spent over five hours, just around five hours going over wow. the stuff you do in an hour. Now, some of it's me being dumb and just just That's chatting. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me trying to be uh, funny and entertaining. Uh, that's all I bring to this thing because you're the guy with all the knowledge. So uh, <laughs> I got I to gotta provide something. No, but you know, the, the just it's cool that we can dig in and spend so much time yeah. on these important <clears throat> topics. And, and sometimes repeat some things and kind of go over, re, you know, go over again some of the things we've talked about in the past. And so uh, it's just, I think it's really useful. It's really helpful. Yeah. As I listen back to things, I'm even reminded through our conversations, whether it's while we're having them or as I go back to listen, because I do like to listen to what we record here just to see how it sounds and how everything is, make sure everything's working right, you know? Yeah. But uh, 
I, I listen to that stuff and, and it's just uh, great reminders for me, even though having been a patient forever and now working here, I have most of that information. It's just a great reminder. So right, sure. I yeah. think it's great. I think it's a great opportunity for new patients who are kind of new to what we do to learn a bunch and also for patients who've been around a while to just grow in their knowledge and become more aware of the different things that we do here and why they benefit them as patients and how they can get better results faster. Exactly, for sure. So it's been great. So. Uh, I reached out uh, and we've been asking for several uh, episodes here for questions from those of you who listen or watch. Uh, I've also reached out to some of our community in the areas. Hey, what are some common questions that you get about chiropractic or that you're asked? Some of our team members have kind of chimed in and said, here's a question I get all the time. You should talk about that on the podcast. And so we're going to cover some of those today and let Great. you answer these questions because... I think that presenting what we think everyone wants to know is super good because it's it's important information. But there's just nothing as useful as having a direct question you're thinking of or sure. asked answered right then and there. So we're going to do that today. We're going to start with this very first question, very simple question that anybody could ask. Kids, grown-ups, older people, they're all going to ask this question. Can it sometimes hurt to get adjusted? Yes. And if so, why? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, actually, you know, most people, they get a lot of relief from the adjustment, but yes, it can hurt as well because a lot of times you're dealing with a problem that has a lot of inflammation around it. They've had injured muscles or, or a lot of swelling in that area. So sometimes to adjust that, it can have some soreness um, and be a little bit painful, but it's, I kind of like to look at it as almost like a soreness from a workout. Uh, so especially like, for example, someone even, some people may not even feel any soreness from the, uh, the actual adjustment, but they may have some soreness afterwards um, because oh. of all the ligaments, the tendons and the muscles and everything that are attached to the spine and we adjust to restore function and alignment in that. There's change that has occurred and then, so the muscles and the ligaments and, and the tendons and everything else has to adapt to that and it right. can cause some soreness there's there's a healthy change that needs to be happening and during that in that and it's kind of like if somebody goes to the gym and they work out and they go oh great that felt good and then all of a sudden the next day they're like super sore does that mean that it was a harmful thing that they did no they they worked out and their, sure. their muscles are strengthening and that's what part of the soreness so sometimes that can happen but usually that happens um at the first part of the care um because they have, a lot of times unfortunately they've a lot of patients have had the problem for so long and it's a bigger change. Gotcha. And um, so that's what's great with depending on the age or the severity or what we're dealing with, we want to take the approach uh, um, very carefully and specifically for their condition so we can adjust um, to, re um, you know, avoid that as much as possible. Yeah, I th and I think, and this may not be 100% of the time, but I know with my four kids, you know, they don't really experience pain when they get adjusted almost ever. Right. And, and I think, and I was telling my daughter today, cause I, I gave her a hug and her back kind of popped a little bit. Not, a, not a bunch. I didn't even hug her that hard. It just did. Now I got to check her and out. I, and yeah, and I <laughs> but what I told her was, I said, you know what? Probably I actually said this said, since you've been getting adjusted since you were two days old, that probably actually just went back where it was supposed to be, you know, cause I didn't squeeze you that hard. Like I wasn't doing right. anything crazy. And so, um, so anyway, those kinds of things don't hurt her, don't bother her because her she's been in alignment for so long because she's been consistently in care for her whole life. So. Well, on that note too, that kind of brings to a question. I don't know if you have that on on your list. I don't but, know. We'll find but, out. We can check it off if but, we want. I'll just ask it again. With, you can do it twice. <laughs> <laughs> is um, um, when that happens, a lot of times it's normal for when people are stretching for sometimes popping and things like that to occur because 
you know, women, like even to do this podcast, we're going to be sitting here in a certain mm-hmm. position and we go to stretch. Like there may be some movement in the spine. That's okay. That's healthy. Actually, we were supposed to uh, exercise and stretch and there's, it's okay. And it can be good to, for those areas of the spine to pop. That popping is just an air released out of the joint. Yeah. Um, but what we don't like to have happen is if we're like, man, there's something on it. We're like, cranking on the body and trying mm-hmm. to twist it to try to get that that can be uh dangerous or yeah. it can cause problems um and so forth so or saying like oh hey buddy come here can you pop my back and right. crossing your arms the, and have them squeeze you as hard as they can and right so sometimes that could be a benefit for someone but sure. it's kind of like a shotgun approach to where if uh, unfortunately if they have a serious subluxation in there they can make it worse right or what's really common is someone that like starts to pop their neck or yeah. their back it's kind of like becomes this chronicity because they're actually uh gen- it's we call it a general manipulation of the spine where they're getting it to move and pop and cause that audible but they start to cause a weakness because they're just constantly chronically adjusting an area or really not adjusting but manipulating the spine to uh um, rather than really honing into the exact spot that needs it and the reason why they're needing to do it over and over is probably because there's an underlying subluxation or problem that is not getting taken care of and that's why that keeps keeps happening or it could be something that they're doing that keeps causing it but the main thing is is we need to find out what that underlying issue is rather than unfortunately a lot of people they get a neurological response they start getting in a habit or almost like a tick they continually adjust their neck or their back or whatever or they get that idea that because it gives them a little bit of temporary relief they think it makes them feel better which we've talked about not they think the problem oh man that helped me so much right well um it may made you feel better but maybe it didn't uh do very good for the actual health of your spine and your nervous system function it's not helping you with function you know it's just how you feel so so yeah that's good uh i don't think that was a specific question about that so that's great we got a two for one special there yeah bonus uh here we go this is another good one this is a common question we get in the office this is kind of the frequently asked questions list to start off with these first four why do i need to keep coming back to the office to get adjusted okay yeah that's a good question um well the majority of problems we see in our office happen clear back in childhood we've talked about the birthing process and and slips and falls and sports and our postures and computers and ipads and phones and all the things that can cause stress to our spine and then that over the years and years and years of the body coping and adapting to that so then we when we identify where the subluxation that shift in the spine that's interfering and causing the problem when we go to adjust specifically that area and adjust it guess what it wants to do it wants to go back it wants to go back to a uh, there because there's a nerve and muscle memory pattern established unfortunately that um so if we want to really stabilize or correct it now there are people, the patients that come in and we get a, we adjust the spine specifically and they're like, oh, great, no more pain. They think that the problem has been corrected, right? Yeah. Because just because they're feeling better, they may not have any a sensation that there's an issue there anymore. Doesn't mean that the actual part of the, the spine is stable and corrected and in proper alignment and then allowing full function of the nervous system. Yeah. And that's why we, of course, have technology to assess those things. Yeah. So, and that's actually the next question. So we'll get to that in a second, but, uh, yeah, it's interesting because we get that a lot. You know, I just, I just want to come in and get, get fixed and then I can go back, but it's the same exact thing we talk about all the time now is health is not based on how you feel, feel it's based on how you function. And so, um, the one adjustment's not going to get that function correct. It may help with how you feel temporarily, 
but and but or you may get sore so it could go either direction right like you know you're getting you're sore and you feel you don't feel relief you feel the opposite and you need to so you need to come back and get it right so that you're no longer feeling that soreness so either way you know coming back and continuing to consistently get adjusted right is what's, what's we need beneficial. something to measure the end result and goal of the function and how things are working otherwise because if you base it on how they feel it, it, the pain could get worse or it could get better initially right away. And it's, it, uh, and they think, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Or it's not working yeah. at all. Or, and it, they're and or if the, Hey, the pain is gone and they're like, Oh great. The problem's fixed. And so mm-hmm. again, the, the posture and the scans and the x-rays and all those things help us to get to those underlying issues. Yeah. So those are important to, to help us find the underlying issues, but why do we keep doing it? What, Which part? The, the, the testing. Oh, the testing. Why yeah. do we continue to test? You've been in, you're a patient, maybe even coming, you've, you've done a few care plans. You're on like year three, yet mm-hmm. we still give you a scan halfway through and then scans and x-rays at the end of your year care plan. Why do we keep doing that? Right. Well, for us, it's to help give the best recommendations that we can give. What kind of um, adjusting protocol or recommendation of frequency and any additional uh, exercises, therapies, nutrition, whatever else needs to come alongside that may help them. Because, for example, the testing, some of the testing we do is, is to evaluate how their body is holding the adjustment and how their body is dealing with life and stress. So by looking at the nervous system and how those imbalances helps us to determine with the adjustment frequency that we're on, how is your body, what's the direction, what's the, the pathway that your body's on? Is it going down? Like even though you're getting adjusted um, every other week, is that the right frequency for you right now? Or is there something else that you can be doing to help your adjustments hold better that's that's allowing the external life of stress um, be more overwhelming than the care that you're getting in the office? Yeah. And the, the goal is to continually learn what can we be giving our patients the knowledge to be able to do themselves, personal responsibility, yeah. so that way they need us less, yes, right? right. Um, but the reality is... Uh, when even even there's stress in the office in the dealing with all these crazy patients that we have right but <laughs> yeah but and the, and the team and yeah but uh, but also outside as soon as you walk out of here right. and you you you've been talking about you have all this crazy stuff with right. the, at home and and mm-hmm. uh, the recital and video and all the things that are going outside of that there's life and family and politics there's stress that we're enduring not just physically but mentally and emotionally yeah. spiritually all these things that our body's trying to cope with so we just need something to gauge how is your body doing it because we don't want to base it on the 10% of how your body feels. Yeah. We want to look at the actual function. How is your body holding up to that? How resilient and adaptive is it? And do we need to change anything with the frequency of your care or our nutrition or fitness and things to help with that? See, I, this is a fu- may sound like a funny example, but it makes me think of cooking. I love to cook. And the thing that you learn that, that, dif- that makes you different when you start cooking better, I guess is uh, tasting throughout. That's a big thing with cooking. Is number one, you cook everything as if it's going to be eaten by itself, as if, it, as if it would be delicious on its own. So if you're making rice to add to a rice and chicken casserole thing, the rice should be delicious on its own. And mm. then when you add it to chicken that's delicious on its own, how do you think it tastes together? Yeah. Incredible. But test tasting along the way is how you like get that. the best out of it, right? Yeah. And so cool. if you're not tasting, you could follow the recipe exactly but there's there's different factors, right? Mm-hmm. Like the salt you use or the spices you use may be a little different than what whoever made the recipe use, or the the heat in your oven is going to be a little different, or all these different factors. So if you're tasting throughout, you're taking a spoonful, washing that spoon, getting another spoonful. Once you've added the chicken to the rice, you're going to go. The chicken was delicious. 
The rice was delicious, but when I put it together, there's this little blandness. I need some more herbs, or I need a little bit more salt, or I need this, or I need that. So, so it's a this, lot easier to check it throughout and exactly. to make sure you're on the right track rather than wait to the very end. And then you got, oh my gosh, and what do I... And then everybody you serve it to is like, is there any ketchup? And you're like, ah, <laughs> oh, no, if they ask for ketchup, I failed, <laughs> you know? And that's, when you have like small kids, it's the worst because you work so hard and then they're like, I want ketchup. And you're like, never mind. Why do I cook for you? <laughs> it's for me. I do this for me. I, I enjoy it. So but, next time a patient asks, you know, hey, why do you do these testing? It's all about cooking. Just, think, just, about, just think about just cooking. cooking. Yeah. Well, it's, it's those, the taste testing or the testing along the way. No, that's a good analogy. You know I like what that. what needs to be added or taken away or whatever during the process so that you get the best out of this recipe for health or whatever you want to call it that you're trying to get. But right. Yeah. Cooking just clicked into my head when you were talking about that because of that whole tasting as you go. Thing. Well, one thing to kind of touch on there, what is the recipe of health? Well, that is all the patient's goals. So yes. that's based on what is your goal, and then the, our recommendations are always based on uh, what we find in the, the patient's goals, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. we get the patient's goal. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? What, what's, what does that look like? Okay, let's look at how your body's functioning and then that information, and then we build a plan for that. Great. Yeah, and we recommend that plan. The patient says yes or no to it, and if they say yes, we go gung-ho and help them stick to it. And, uh, and we test along the way so that we there can you make go. sure yeah. that that plan is doing what we wanted We're it to do. Getting the results that we That's need right. to. That's um, right. So uh, another the, kind of the last frequently asked question, we get this a lot with new patients that call in that are just curious that maybe mm -hmm. they've been to a chiropractor before or they've watched videos on TikTok about chiropractors. <laughs> they want to know what techniques we use in our okay. office and what kind of stuff we do. I know we've hit this briefly in a previous episode, but if somebody just checks this episode out, first time they've listened yeah. or this is the only one they ever listened to, let's just give them that answer. Like what, what kind of techniques do we do in our office and what makes, what are some of the, a simple way to explain some of the differences between okay. the techniques? Well, um, we're very big on not being a specific, a certain specific only um, office. And the yep. reason is, is because we believe that uh, different techniques help different people in their different different situations uh, from a baby to uh, a 90 year old osteoporosis uh, sure. lady right or um so with that being said is there's multiple t techniques that we've been trained on uh, just to kind of give you a few like even the school i graduated from parker chiropractic college we had to be proficient in 10 different techniques hmm. um, before we graduated so there's hundreds of techniques um, but there's some that are more common and that's where uh, uh, and then there's additional seminars you can learn other techniques and so forth right so um, so I mean like one one very very common one that a lot of people may uh, have heard of is diversified it's just okay. a it's a manual adjusting of the spine and there's certain techniques that come along with that and that we were trained in and there's Thompson technique which is there's more of the drop tables and mm -hmm. things like that. And then there's um, activator technique, which is kind of like the little thumper tool or, or yeah. a pogo stick that the kids call it a lot of times. Yeah. That, that, and what stimulates the spine where there's a lower force but higher velocity because it goes so quickly. So yeah. there's some patients really um, uh, do well with that and prefer that. Um, versus a manual adjustment. With, um, and then there's upper cervical techniques um, uh, that uh, specialize with that. There's cranial sacral uh, adjustments. There's, um, I mean, you can just kind of, uh, there you, the, our, our philosophy is there's, uh, uh, we want to have a lot of different tools in our bag depending on because of that patient and how they're responding. So what we are very particular about is what we're measuring the outcome of how they're actually getting well. So, yeah. Uh, it, the technique in our office doesn't really matter. It's a matter of like, what is the result and are sure. we getting them down that path? 
Yeah, sure. That's good. That's that's helpful because, and I know that I've I hear a lot. I, I, all I've ever had, my only chiropractic experience has been with you here in, in your office. So, you know, I didn't know that that there were multiple different things until I started hanging around with other chiropractors at our at conferences or or uh, you know just hearing about different the way different people do things and and so uh, so yeah. But I it was cool to hear that you know the approach here is just kind of. Yes, and it's like a little bit of everything. Not why you know why why one or the other when it can be both and you know any of them. So um, that is nice. And I like the fact that no matter who you are coming in the door, pretty much you know we we could probably uh, serve you because doctors are trained on multiple different ways to to, yeah, to adjust. That's so. that's our goal. That's great. Um, a couple more uh, questions. These are kind of from specifically from you know members of our community, whether they be patients or family members. Uh, here in in the area or in the office and in our area um you kind of ch- touched on this i'll let you kind of unpack it a little further but okay. one of the questions is what college and like continuing education what what are those requirements for a chiropractor uh in i guess the united states or in our state missouri or yeah well um, most uh states require a four-year degree um and then from the four-year degree to get into chiropractic college, um, which is typically another four school years. It's, gotcha. it's so eight school years typically is the standard. Um, uh, there are some variants, uh, you know, some differences from state to state, things like that. But, um, yeah. And, and it, you think about the amount of hours and what they're studying with, uh, um, a diagnosis and nutrition and, and uh, x-ray and different things is probably very similar most studies or books or research show that's very similar to like a medical doctor. So, sure. uh, but you got to think about a chiropractor is going to be focused more on nutrition and um, there with the chiropractic adjusting techniques rather than drugs and surgery and so forth. Gotcha. So you're focusing more on that and then continuing education. You, you yeah. mentioned earlier going to conferences and learning like new techniques. Is there other stuff you learn at this continuing education? Yeah. Um, actually the most techniques and a lot of that is kind of additional, additional meaning like we don't oh, get gotcha. a lot of, a lot of credit for that. Uh, <laughs> the, That's just to uh, better yourself. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, so, but you are required to get uh, 48 hours every two years. So basically gotcha. uh, 24 hours um, every year of continuing education. Okay. And then those are things like diagnosis and x-ray yeah. and any updates with different research and so forth. I see. That's interesting. Uh, I didn't know some of that. I, you know, that's, that's really fascinating to me too. Just what all you have to do to be a chiropractor and stay a chiropractor. Uh, okay. So from just being a chiropractor to patients and their kind of questions about their own care, here's another good one is how long does it take before I see results once I start coming to the chiropractor? Okay. A uh, good question that can vary from person to person. So some people, they walk out like they're a new person. They've, yeah. um, and so they can see sometimes after the very first visit, right? right? They can see amazing results. People that can't walk to walk to have migraines to all of a sudden never have a migraine afterwards versus others. It can take several visits and yeah. sometimes uh, months, depending on how severe and how much degeneration and how much wear and tear, all the things that go along with it. So, because you get, you got to think about um, each individual, uh, their age and their past history, the amount of damage that's been done, and then if there's other underlying conditions with infl- inflammatory conditions that is going to be creating a lot more um, challenges of getting them well. Gotcha. And so that's where our office, what we uh, um, uh, like to dive into and are continually focusing on is getting better at pointing people with their lifestyle that can help with that, with their proper nutrition and fitness and stuff like that as well. Yeah. So 
so just this is just my question. So can you typically, when you first like do a new patient exam with somebody and you first do the first consultation, talk about their history and do a you know a table exam on them, and can you pretty much most of the time kind of know, do you have an understanding pretty quickly if it's going to be a long road to them getting the results or does it surprise you a lot where you think maybe it will and then, wow, this person got better quick or you think, oh yeah, this person will see some results pretty quick and then it takes a long time. I, yeah, I guess with some question. of it being based on their how they behave as well, that does bet, yeah. put a wrench in it sometimes, but besides that. Yeah, you can, you can um, to a certain degree, there's always those that are surprising, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how quickly they got well yeah. or man, this is taking longer than I expected, right? So there's, there's definitely uh, those, but I think because of seeing and, and uh, taking care of hundreds of thousands of adjustments <laughs> now yeah. over the 21 years, you start getting pretty good about having a pretty good idea of what you're dealing with and um, uh, the game plan and kind of what to expect. Yeah. Um, but like you said, then that other part is some of that expectation, um, especially further on in the care, is going to be a lot of patient responsibility. So there's a difference between having the initial hey, I'm feeling better, things are going better, and I can do the things that I couldn't do before. But then there's a difference of actually getting that to stabilize, strengthen, and, and go to those next level, which yeah. really um, has a lot to do with the patient if they're going to um, get start doing the movement that they need and really taking care of their body. Gotcha. Yeah, a lot of it does depend on them. So, it, you know, you're going to give 100% every adjustment, but they've got to give 100% on their end to start making the changes. It's a three-legged stool we talked about. The, the adjustment's only one leg of those three legs. Right. So the other two are on a patient. So right. guys like me who need to do our wobble disc more often. And, and I have the same problem myself with our, <laughs> yeah. like our team. We talk about it. We're all, we, our team's under care and we're monitoring and checking and um, we're just like uh, other patients. We have good good seasons and not so good seasons yeah. of taking care of ourselves. That's I right. mean, that's the reality of life. Yeah. And that's what, so awesome about chiropractic is just can come alongside to help facilitate that right of where we're um in a sense falling short to, right. uh, to help facilitate that that's right that's it is it's nice to have that in the office for myself and be that for people as well you needed a lot of extra care i yeah, have so. to have a lot of hand holding to get anything <laughs> to get anything health related accomplished so it's nice uh <laughs> um another good question here is uh do you ever do, do, do chiropractors ever refer patients to a medical doctor? What would cause them to do that? Yeah, um, you bet. Any kind of anytime we see any findings through the exam or through their care, um, there could be a specific injury or a fall or something internally that we're concerned about, and we'd want to refer them out. Anything that we feel like we're unable to help them with, and we would sure. want to refer them. Um, yeah. So it could be an orthopedic surgeon, uh, or it could be uh, their family physician. Um, so you bet. And yeah, I know that happens. we, I know we send off X-rays to radiologists to get second opinions a lot. And you know, what are your thoughts on this? Is that I think you know, I know we had one situation we thought we saw a break in somebody's back, and and during their X-rays, and we were like, we're not going to adjust this person until we get a second opinion on this X-ray. Right. So um, catching those sorts of things and and making those decisions for sure, we refer them to somebody who's going to help with that particular situation. Yeah. So that's yeah. Good. You bet. Awesome. And then. Um, how old should my child be before I start getting them adjusted? This isn't me asking this question. <laughs> if you've listened to this podcast any length of time, you know I know the answer to this question. 
<laughs> my question would be, well, when do you want them to start functioning optimally without anything See, interfering with it? I think the age for that would be like six or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they need to be working, functioning well until, until I don't know, 10, so, 12. They start going to school maybe? Right. I don't know. Or maybe until they start exhibiting symptoms or things, sure. right? That's, yeah. that's a common one thing. Well, I'll, I'll when I think they need it. Well, how do you yeah. know they need it? Well, they're going to go by how they feel, the symptoms, yeah. when the ear infections start up or the asthma or whatever versus mine if it was my uh well if it was my kids or the or a lot of our patients is as soon as they're born right yeah. i mean like as soon as we they can many patients um kind of pride themselves on that fact that they they brought yeah. them on the way home from the hospital to get right. them checked and um take Guilty. pictures and things like that because yeah. it's because uh, they understand how important uh the nervous system is with how right. it controls their ears, their eyes, the nose, throat, all yeah. the digestive system and how everything, you know, so it's, uh, even though we're not treating any of those conditions, but their spine and their nervous system can go through uh, quite a bit from that process. And right. then you have car seats and then learning how to crawl. And then yeah. when they fall off the bed and then, or some of them off, off the, the grocery cart onto the hard surface. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things that happen that, yeah. Um, and you know, people say that like, kids bounce, you know, it's fine. It's, but, they do, but something happens in the process. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. What, what we talk about a lot is a lot of the problems we see in adults happen clear back in childhood. Yeah. We're like, man, you know, we, we have a, uh, 35 year old in here with all kinds of degeneration in the, in their neck. And like, I haven't had any accidents or anything since I was uh, like five years old. Yeah. I don't know why I fell out of the tree on my head, but, but I was fine. I mean, I was sore for a day and I couldn't turn my head for very well, but I was good, you know? Yeah. And then we look now and it's got all kinds of degeneration in there because their body's been coping with it for so long. Right. So it's, um, that's a lot easier to stay out of trouble than to get out of trouble. Right. So. And I hear a lot, you know, with the chiropractic, it's like, well, we've, we've tried everything. So we decided to go ahead and try a chiropractor. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm just, to, to me, just, you know, 16 years nearly of, of experience with the chiropractor. I'm like, that's so backwards to me. It's like, well, we've done all the chiropractic we can do. We've done the supplementation. We've done everything else. I guess we'll see what the next option is, which we've never really got that far in very much. I mean, allergy testing, it was a nutrition issue for uh -huh. one of our kids. So, um, but you know, my first step is always like, well, they probably need a couple extra adjustments this, this month because things are a little hectic and a little crazy. And, and usually that's, you know, their body is able to function better because, it's, you know, so it, it's just so backwards for me that whole, when we finally, we decided to go ahead and try a chiropractor because nothing else was working. And, right. um, but, but that's just kind of the, the approach for a lot of people right now. But, but I think the answer to the question is pretty simple. It's like, bring them in tomorrow. Give us a call. Right. <laughs> you know? But I think the people might be afraid of like, well, I don't want to be a dependent on chiropractic the rest of my sure, life though, sure. which I understand that. But it's kind of like, do you brush your teeth? Do you right. want to be? Do you want to be dependent on brushing your teeth the rest of your life? Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, I mean, I don't know the, what, there's other yeah. options, or even but, just going to the dentist. Like they say, every six months you should go to the dentist, right? And your, you know, your spine needs even more than that. But, but it's yeah. just the same like continual checkup. I can live and, without my teeth, yeah, too. Yeah. But, uh, but without my spine, I, you know, what you mean? But yeah. <laughs> I digress. But the main thing is, is that uh, it's not about uh, uh, constantly getting adjusted and where your body needs more and more adjustments. It's yeah. about getting checked. Right. And that's why we want to be very specific with our adjustments and not just manipulate the spine wherever it will pop. Yeah. It's really look and evaluate and see, do they need to be adjusted? And then f have testing that actually s helps us to understand right. Do we, what, how's the frequency? Do we, can we go once a month, uh, rather than once a week? I mean, like, where are they at? Or, uh, if that is your goal, then let, we need to change some lifestyle stuff because you need to move more. You're sitting yeah. down, 
you know, eight to 10 hours a day and it's really tough on your lower back. We got to get your body moving. That's why we have to adjust you every single week. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's good. Well, I, I think, I think we've answered all the questions. There's, there was one more on here, uh, that was, that was just, why can't I just get adjusted whenever I want? And the answer has been multi, most of the answers to these questions, right. which is, you know, when would you come? Well, when you feel like you need it, but we don't base our health on how we feel, right? right? So, And we do have patients that, that do that. I mean, we, right. we, we still take patients that uh, want to get adjusted, um, and they just, they've just they been coming in for years, like here and there, here and there, and we'll try to help them the best we possibly can. But... Um, but it's not uh, correcting or stabilizing their situation. It's just right. helping them get through that pain level. So unfortunately, for majority of those people, uh, there's a continual uh, aging process in that yeah. part of the spine, which is affecting their nervous system and affecting their energy and their health or their cardiovascular system, immune system, different parts of their body going from 100% to a 90% to an 80% yeah. or whatever. And we wonder why everybody around us is getting sick, you know, I mean, yeah, or yeah. doesn't have the energy or my body seems to be aging faster. How did I get here? Well, not that everybody under chiropractic care is going to be optimally healthy, but it's just one avenue that helps to maximize, to help improve yeah. that. And then there's, of course, a whole lifestyle, multiple things that go along to help support that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's good. And, and I think that, there's a lot of things, even just choices that we make, you know, myself right now, this time of year stuff, it's busy, it's stressful. You know, I don't have time to cook dinner. Uh, so figuring out what to eat every evening takes me to a drive through more often than not. Or, um, and then we have people bringing treats into the office. I don't know if you've been there right now, but it's like, why are these delicious cake things back here right now? Cause I, you know, temptation is, is very strong during Christmas time. So, um, so we need somebody to help us be accountable. We need people to help us, uh, with that function and just to do the right thing. But, um, yeah, I'm, uh, Thanks for uh, recording this podcast. Yeah, it's today. been great. It's great. And, Hopefully, uh, that's very beneficial for yeah, a lot of people. And hope it answered some questions. And we want more. I mean, I'd love to. Uh, there's a lot of, we get questions all the time, um, yeah. and we may have to just kind of pull out some of those again right. at some point. But um, what's fresh on your mind? What's something that you want us to address or talk about? Yeah. We'd love to hear that for sure. Um, yeah, either sending us a private message or or. Or public, yeah. whatever. I'm pretty excited because we got we use this Better Results Faster class to kind of get the podcast up and running and off the ground. Mm -hmm. And now we get to go to some more topical stuff as we move forward and talk about, you know, probably the next couple episodes about just the holidays and handling stress of the holidays and nutrition and some of what I just talked about. Move into some fun stuff like reviewing products that are supposed to help you with chiropractic <laughs> stuff. And we've had some conversations about some cool stuff that we can do with the podcast and we're going to be moving into that. So any suggestions you have on those kinds of things? Yeah. What, maybe, a whole, maybe your suggestion or your question becomes a whole episode episode and there you uh, go. that's pretty exciting too so uh, that's info at hillfamilychiropractic.com if you want to email us any of those things info at hillfamilychiropractic.com or you can comment on our youtube videos facebook videos uh, or any of those things and um, you can find the the podcast on anywhere that you listen to podcasts you just search hill family chiropractic or stronger healthier and happier you'll find us there and uh but yeah, thanks for another recording, you and bet. we'll see everybody next time, uh, and uh, I hope that you are stronger, healthier, happier. Awesome. <laughs>